Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Longview Point Baptist Church. I'm excited to be with you tonight. My name is Trey Clinney, and I'm still meeting some of you. Met, met somebody I hadn't met yet tonight. I'm the discipleship pastor here, and I'm very excited to be able to open God's Word with you. And we're continuing our journey through the Psalms. So tonight, I hope that we're supposed to be in Psalm 135. <laughs> Does that sound about right? All right. <laughs> As we're in Psalm 135. Um, before we get started, I was just going to remind you, um, if you need a handout, there's some just all over the place in the back. There's some floating around. But we've got these summaries of the Psalms that we've been using. And this kind of sums up the book, if you will. Kendall Easley wrote, God, the, tri- the true and glorious King, is worthy of all praise and prayer, thanksgiving and confidence, whatever the occasion, in personal or community life. The Psalms remind us of this. They remind us to have confidence in God and to trust Him, to praise Him at all times in all circumstances. Alright, John Piper writes, The Psalms are songs. They are poems. They are written to awaken and express and shape the emotional life of God's people. Poetry and singing exist because God made us with emotions, not just thoughts. Our emotions are massively important. And that's true for the psalm tonight. It is meant to awaken our emotions. You ready for that? Anybody in here need a little dose of... Awakened emotion? Am I the only one? Because you know it's possible to study this psalm and to come up with an outline to kind of break it down, read through it, fill out the blanks, and not have our souls awakened. And that's not the point of Psalm 135. So if you're like me, you need a fresh dose of soul awakening. And tonight, I'm praying that God would do that in our midst. That He would do that in our hearts. That we wouldn't just come to a study, but we would worship God in our hearts, in our spirit, in truth. So, before we pray, I was going to give you a quick update. The Peru team has made it. Everybody made it? And they are going to spend the next few days in some different villages in remote areas, and they're going to be doing some uh, dental work and some, some health stuff, and I did get report that a team member has been having some stomach bug issues, so we're praying for them, praying for him. Um, it's no fun, no fun to be traveling and not feeling well, so praying for him to be able to, to stay hydrated and recover quickly. So let's pray. Father, we do indeed lift up the team. And thank you for the privilege of holding the rope as they go out and expand your kingdom around the world. We pray for health. We pray for effectiveness. We pray that you would, as limited as they are, uh, as, a, as a team with the resources that they'll have, as they meet people, God, as they pray over people in your name, as they serve people with your hands, I pray that you would use them to draw people to yourself, that you would give them wisdom 
and that you would protect them physically and give them health. And we pray for just full recovery and health for this brother. We also pray for ourselves tonight as we study your word. Would you use it, Lord? Would you use it to shape our emotions? Would you use your word to awaken in us a desire for your name to be praised? And God, would we leave this place tonight reminded even more of your greatness and of your majesty? And would you help us to worship you as we leave in obedience by faith? I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Psalm 135. Let's read it. And we're going to fly through these blanks. I know, you know, I don't, I don't really usually fill out blanks. I'm not a blank filler as much. I like to just listen. So making the blanks, <laughs> they're, not, they're not as easy for me. But I know that you like them. And so I hope that these will help you as you go back home and look over your notes and think about this. But it's just real simple, straight through what the, the Bible is teaching. So we're going to interact a lot with the Word. Then we're just going to talk about it. Psalm 135 begins with the phrase, Praise the Lord, or Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise. O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to His name, for it is pleasant. Or your footnote might say, beautiful. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for Himself. Israel as His own possession. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all depths, deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from its storehouses. He it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both man and beast, who in your midst, O Egypt, sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants, who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to His people, Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate His people and have compassion on His servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. 
You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion. He who dwells in Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I learned, as I read about this psalm, that there's really not much original in this psalm. It's just a borrowing of several different passages of Scripture. Some of the psalms, some of the historical narratives. This is basically just a compilation of other passages of Scripture. And it's all put together to remind us as God's people, as it was to remind Israel, God's chosen people, to praise Him for who He is and what He has done. You'll see the summary under the title, Psalm 135, I just borrowed the same title from the, the Bible. It says, Your name, O Lord, endures forever. By the way, that's from verse, four, uh, verse thir- 13. <laughs> Not 14. <laughs> verse 13. Your name endures forever. So the summary says, Psalm 135 reminds God's people to meditate on His character and praise Him for who He is and what He has done. He endures forever. His praise is eternal. Those who worship idols will become like them, but those who worship the Lord and serve Him experience His compassion. He is great and worthy of all praise of all people everywhere. So that's what we're going to launch from tonight. You look at verses 1 through 14, honestly, 1 through 14, and then it picks up again in uh, verse after it talks about the idols, uh, verse 19 through 21, is all talking about praise the Lord. It's reasons to praise the Lord. The psalm opens up. Praise the Lord. That's your first blank. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So what is praise? It's funny how we use words sometimes without really thinking so much about the meaning. Praise. What is Praise. It can be seen in a lot of ways. It can be experienced in a lot of ways. Praise is to admire, to celebrate in this psalm, to sing, and even to boast of something, in something. And we're called to admire, to boast in, to celebrate and to sing about the Lord. So for what reasons? Well, the next blank, praise.
And we praise Him together. You want to try? Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's try it again. Praise the Lord together. Praise the Lord together. Isn't it good to be together as God's people? You know, sometimes we we get out there in the world and we we serve the Lord. We we seek to live for the Lord. Some of us are living for the Lord in some hard places. You work along folks that aren't really crazy about who you are in Christ. Some of you might be out and it gets lonely out there. We get to come together and we get to think about our God and we get to talk about our God and we get to sing about our God and we get to celebrate our God together. And when we do that, doesn't it stir your soul a little bit? Doesn't it stir your soul? Not necessarily the, the type of music that we sing or the, the songs that, that, that we like so much, but just the truth of the Gospel being proclaimed on God's people's lips, praising Him and celebrating who He is, praising Him together. I was talking to somebody recently, and they were talking about how they study the Word at home. And we should do that, right? And we should praise God together. But they're too busy for church on Sunday. And they didn't see the need of coming. And I'm telling you why. We need to be praising God together. It's good for my soul and it's good for your soul to come together into the, the place of worship and praise the Lord. Praise Him his, as His servants. Praise Him as His servants. Verse 1. Y'all like, man, we're still in verse 1. Give praise, O servants of the Lord. Can I tell you? It is an utter privilege to be a servant of the God Most High. He has called us to serve Him. And part of our service is worship. Part of our service is worshiping Him, but it's not out of duty. It's out of delight. It's not out of have to. It's out of get to. We get to serve God because of His grace in making us His servants. So that's part of our service is praising Him. How do we praise Him? What does it mean? What do we say when we praise the Lord? In South Asia where we were serving, every time you meet a believer in English, they say, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's supposed to be a reminder Praise the Lord. Like we are together because of the Lord. We get to be His servants. There's a lot of other people around us that aren't His servants. And we get to be among those who know Him and can praise Him. We get to be among those who don't just have the general revelation of God's creation, but the special revelation of who He is and how to know Him as who He is. Praise the Lord as His servants. What do we say? The Lord is good. Verse 3. Praise the Lord for He is good. He is good. You know, we forget that sometimes. Maybe not with our mouth. But sometimes with our emotions. 
Sometimes with our faith. Sometimes we forget God's goodness. We forget that God is good. No matter our circumstance, God is good. The reminder that we're looking at in just a minute from Egypt, when they were in bondage and in slavery, God is good. When we're walking through hard times, God is good. And you know how good He is? He uses those hard times to draw us more near to Himself and to conform us into His image. He's so good, He can use bad things for our good and for His glory. He's that good. He's good. Matter of fact, He alone is good. Sometimes we start feeling good about ourselves, right? Patting ourselves on the back, man. Got it. I'm going. I'm doing pretty good. Not without Him. <laughs> None of us good. Not unless we're His servants. Verse four says, "Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, for He has chosen Jacob for Himself, Israel as His own possession." Think about this with me. Think about. Abraham, seemingly a random guy. And God says, follow me. Come with me. And choosing Abraham and his people. And choosing Jacob and his people. And the people Israel who became Jacob's offspring. He chose them to use them as his servants to the world. What was special about Abraham? What was special about Jacob? God just chose him. Now, we could spend a long time talking about this point, but right here, straight from the Bible, there's a, there's a, there's a point that the Lord, we need to praise Him for choosing us. I don't know about you, but I was running hard from God. I liked sin, and I was not. Submitting to God. And Romans 5 8 says that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me right where I was. When I couldn't save myself and when I couldn't get clean enough to come to Him, He came to me. Jesus said, No one comes to the Father, to the Son, unless the Father draws Him. He chose us. Now, do I believe that we're completely responsible for being responsible, being. Having put in our faith in Christ, I do. I completely believe that. But I know that in my own effort, I don't have a desire for Him. And that just makes His grace so much sweeter. Think about the fact that He has chosen us to be His children. To be, now, all of us who are in Christ are that continuation of the kingdom of priests, of Israel. All of us in Christ have been chosen to know Him and worship Him. It keeps going. The Lord is great. Verse 5. I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Praise Him for His greatness. Verse 6 says, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does. Where at? In heaven and on earth. In the sea and all the deeps. God the Lord is sovereign. The Lord is great. The Lord is sovereign. That's what's next to verse 6. The Lord is sovereign. He does as He pleases. He's not bound 
or restricted. He's not ever caught in heaven wringing His hands about what He's going to do. God is in control. He is over all things. But He's not just some far away, distant God. Look at verse 6 and 7. He does what He pleases, but He does it in heaven and on earth. He does it in the seas and all the deeps. He's not what the deist would say, the, the Creator who wound up the clock and turned it loose to just let the creation do its thing and, and see what happens. But He's intimately involved and intimately at work. He is active in creation. Verses 6 and 7, He is active in creation. It's God who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth. It's God who makes the lightnings for the rain. It's God who brings forth the wind from His storehouses. He is active in creation. And that's huge, y'all. He's not just sovereign. He's not just far off. But He's near. The next verse is, the next blank is near. In verses 8 through 14, it talks about God's nearness for the nation of Israel. He it is, verse 8, who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast. Who in your midst, O Egypt, set signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants, who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to His people, Israel. Do you remember? Israelite, the Israelites were in bondage for 400 years. And what did God do? He heard the cries of His people because He's near. We serve a God who is near to His people, near to His creation. He's above all things. He's great and majestic and mighty. But He's also intimately acquainted and at work. You ever think about the wind? My wife likes wind chimes. So she has wind chimes. We just got a nice back porch that we moved into our home. We're sitting on the back porch and you, you just hear the wind chimes start blowing. We got two of them, one on each corner. Sometimes one blows and the other one doesn't. That doesn't make any sense because they're like right there in the same spot. And God just causes the wind to blow as He pleases. As He desires. He is in complete control. Sovereign, active, and near. And in these verses we just read, specifically in verses 8 through 12, it says He brought Israel, He brought Israel out of Egypt and safely into the promised land. Now that was an ordeal. The people of Israel, not too much unlike ourselves, had a tendency to be stiff-necked and hard-hearted. Had a tendency to bellyache and complain when things didn't go the way they wanted. He brought them out of Egypt. They saw the signs and wonders that we were reminded of in verse eight, verse 9. They saw God's power as He parted the Red Sea. And they get to the edge of the promised land after seeing God 
and His glory and hearing His voice thunder down and saying, don't talk to us, just talk to Moses. We can't bear to hear your voice. We'll die. And they see the giants on the other side of the, the river and they say, we, we, we can't do that. And ultimately they're saying, God can't do that. And in His faithfulness, in His patience, in His loving kindness, taught him a lesson for 40 years. And there was a people raised up trusting him and ready to take, take the promised land. And what does he do? He goes over there. Two of the biggest opponents in the very beginning says in verse 11, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. God gave Israel victory. It's very, very evident in Scripture. As many of you who have been reading through the Scriptures chronologically will remember God was fighting those battles and winning those battles. And when God was in it, they had utter victory. And when He was not, they had destruction and defeat. It was all God who safely delivered them. He brought Israel out of Egypt. And He safely delivered them into the Promised Land. It says in verse 14 that the Lord protects His people. Matter of fact, it says He vindicates them. Makes me think of the New Testament when it says... Remember that the Lord says, Vengeance is mine. We should not seek revenge, but we should trust Him because He's the one who protects us. He protects His people. And verse 14 says, The Lord has compassion on His people. I'm reminded in Hebrews where it says that we can draw near to the throne of grace with confidence because Jesus, our great high priest, has been tempted in every way. He completely understands everything that we go through. All of our emotions, He understands. And we can draw near to Him because we know He's a God of compassion. A God of compassion. We serve a God of compassion. A God of nearness. A God who is there when you pray. A God who listens and hears and feels a God who rescues and delivers and protects. Now let's bring it home, okay? It's easy to talk about what God did way back in the day in Egypt for the people of Israel. But what about us? Any of y'all ever found yourself in bondage? I have. Matter of fact, I didn't even know I was in bondage until God set me free. You know what I'm talking about? I was in bondage to my sin nature. I was in bondage, even more specifically, to substances. Didn't know it. I thought, man, Christians don't get to have any fun. All these do's and don'ts. All these regulations. All these checkboxes. Man, they can't party. They can't have any fun. I'm free to do what I want. That's what I thought. Pretty foolish. And then God set me free. Set me free. I tried to clean my life up. Couldn't do it. You know why? Because I was a slave. Just like the Israelites. And every one of us who have been born again, no matter how that sin nature was exploited, no matter how we carried out that sin nature, we all were in bondage to sin. Some of us, our bondage was thinking we were good people. We think we're pretty good folks. Compared to old Trey, I'm a great guy. Maybe so. But you know who's good? 
Scripture says God alone is good. And God set us free from that bondage. He had compassion on us and set us free. And I remember looking back. I remember it like yesterday. And I have a bad memory. <laughs> Ask Brother Frank. <laughs> I remember it. I remember thinking, man, if I would have had this kind of freedom, even in jail, I would have been free. I remember thinking that. If I would have had this kind of freedom, where I didn't need anything to have joy, I could have been free even in jail. God breaks chains. God delivers because He is a God of compassion. So sometimes I'm tempted to forget that and just keep going about my way and start trying to do the Christian life in my own strength. And you know what happens? It becomes a bunch of do's and don'ts and regulations. I forget God's compassion. And I forget to serve Him for who He is and for what He's done. And I start doing things out of duty. We don't serve God out of have to. We serve Him out of get to. And every one of us like Israel were in bondage. And He set us free. And we get to serve Him today and praise Him and remember His faithfulness. So what I want to ask you to do is remember His faithfulness in your life. Remember His nearness in your life. Remember His compassion towards you. Or am I the only one that keeps blowing it? Am I the only one? Do you all have it together? The Gospel ain't just for lost people. We need it desperately right now. So our only hope is His compassion. Any of y'all blow it today? I got news for you. The day ain't over. We need His compassion. Desperately need His compassion. And He does have compassion. Verse the point number two, the Lord's name endures forever. His renown throughout all the ages. God will be worshipped for eternity. You know that? He will. You and I, his servants, get to worship him forever. Now, when I was lost, that sounded pretty boring. Matter of fact, even as a new believer, I was like, man, is that all we're gonna do forever and ever? But when we let God's psalms stir up our emotions, we get a little bitty glimpse, a little reminder of His faithfulness, and we think, man, for all eternity, I'm going to be discovering new reasons to praise God. His name endures forever. His praise will go throughout the ages. Not just by us. Not just by people in Hernando or the Bible Belt. Not just in English and not just in Hebrew. By peoples from places and languages all over this world. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. What a day will it be? Think about that. Forever and ever and ever. We get a small glimpse throughout Scripture. A small glimpse in the book of Revelation, if you will, of what it's going to look like as we worship the Lamb who was slain, as we stand clothed in white because of His righteousness, as we bow down before Him and we see sights that the human language cannot articulate, 
And we worship Him. And we bow down before Him. That's one of the words for bless. We're going to look at that in a minute. To bless, fall on our knees before our great God. Won't that be a day? Doesn't that make you just want to pray? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Anybody in here suffering? I've been visiting folks in the hospital that are suffering. been talking to people who have family that are suffering. One day, one day, we're going to praise God in our glorified bodies and we won't be suffering. We're going to be praising Him. We're going to be on our knees not because we're hurting, but because of who He is and what He's done for all eternity. So you get to having a bad day. You get to get feeling beat up by the world. Just remember this. This verse, it's a good memory verse. Good memory verse. Verse 14. Sorry, verse 13. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. It endures. His name will endure. And your renown, your fame, your remembrance, O Lord, throughout all ages. And He just keeps on marching. And if Jesus tarries, He'll keep on being renowned on this earth. And as we continue to expand His kingdom across the street and around the world, His renown just spreads that much more. More and more people worshiping Him for who He is. But look at verse 14. There's a reminder. Sorry, verse 15. There's a reminder. There's a lot of people around us who aren't worshiping Him for who He is. A lot of people around us who are blinded. Even here in America. This, ver this point says the idols are dead. Idols are dead. Verse 5 reminded us that the Lord is above all gods. He is above all little g gods. Verse 15 says that false gods are made by human hands. I've seen them with my own eyes. I got sick of going into temples and seeing people bow down worshiping these false gods who were dead, lifeless. They had eyes, they couldn't see. They had ears, they couldn't hear. Had mouths, couldn't speak. Couldn't breathe. They were dead. If you knocked them over, they'd lay there. they just lay there. The false gods are made with human hands. They cannot speak. They can't see. They can't hear or breathe. And those who make them and those who worship them will be like their idols. They'll be dead. Lifeless. What a sobering reminder in the midst of this psalm. Those of us who are His servants, those of us who are in Christ, those of us who have eternal life, who have experienced His compassion, we get to just praise Him and praise Him and praise Him and glorify Him and learn more and more about why we should continue to praise Him. Not with our mouths only, but with our hearts, with our spirit and in truth. But there's still countless billions of people not worshiping Him, 
countless millions of people who don't know His name, who have never heard of Him. And I'm not just talking about secular people who don't believe in spiritual things. I'm talking about spiritual people who worship dead, worthless idols. Right now, they're worshiping dead, worthless idols. Right now, on the other side of the world, people are waking up and pouring out sacrifices to dead, worthless idols who cannot save and lead people to hell. That's not right. That's not acceptable. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Verse 19 and 21. We're going to bless the Lord. We're going to bless the Lord. Here's a call. The word bless can also mean praise. But this is actually a different word in Hebrew than the word used for praise earlier. Verse 19 says, O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, His holy city. Blessed be the Lord, He who dwells in Jerusalem. And it says at the end, praise the Lord or hallelujah. You see the the flow there? Bless, bless the Lord, all Israel, all tribes of Israel. Bless, bless the Lord. I can't say it. Bless, bless the Lord, all of Aaron, the the priest. Bless the Lord, the Levites, the servants. Bless the Lord, all you who fear the Lord. Bless the Lord. Anybody in here fear the Lord? Bless him. Bless him. What does it mean? All these reasons to praise the Lord should cause us to bless him also. What does it mean? It's very similar. It's almost synonymous with praise the Lord, but I think the word bless can mean to praise, it can mean to adore, it can mean to pronounce blessing over. It's like speaking well of God's greatness. Can I tell you? There's a lot of people around us. We let the world crowd us out, don't we? We let, we let probably the evil one, our enemy, intimidate us. We think we get out into out of, amongst the the world. We get out of this this holy huddle, and we start living, seeking to live like lights and darkness. And we start thinking about thoughts. We start every now and then we get tempted. We feel the Lord prodding us. Man, I wonder if oh no one knows, so so and so knows me, but God doesn't wonder. But we start wondering, do they know Him? He doesn't wonder. I take that back. <laughs> I wonder if so and so knows the Lord. We have that little thought pop into our brain. Oh, they don't care about those things. They don't want to talk about spiritual stuff. They don't have time for that. How do we know? I'll tell you something. We're not going to know until we try. We need to get out there and bless the Lord. We need to tell Him how great He is and praise Him for who He is, but we need to tell other people about how great He is and bless the Lord to other people. It's one of the things I love about my wife. She just walk up and talk to folks whether they know the Lord or not and just share with them how good He is and what He's done in her life. My, my theory is, well, they don't have spiritual discernment to understand what I'm talking about. They might think I'm some fruit loop. I'm sharing my testimony. I used to tell people, man, just share your testimony. People can't argue with your testimony. Then I had somebody argue with my testimony. I take that back too. 
He said, well, maybe that's just what you needed in that moment to, to, to find victory over those struggles. I'm like, bro, you don't understand. I tried with everything in me and I could not do it. But when I surrendered to Christ, He took my life and began to change me. And He's like, yeah, but that's, that's just what you chose. Some people like Hinduism and some people like this. I'm like, I'm telling you, that's not what happened. We just need to go out and bless Him. Tell other people how good He is. Praise Him freely. It doesn't matter if they understand or not. Right? Do we need their acceptance? We need to be faithful to go out to the nations and out to the neighbors and out to our co-workers and to our family members and bless the Lord and praise Him for who He is. So here's a real simple main point. The one true God <clears throat> has chosen us to know and worship Him. And because of His goodness and compassion, we can praise His name forever. So go tell someone to praise the Lord. Go tell someone to praise the Lord. Bless His name. Here's your application. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Meditate on who He is and praise Him. Stir up others to praise the Lord with you. Don't just praise Him by yourself. Stir the other folks up around you. Praise Him. Tell people about what God's doing in your life. Aren't there people around that you just enjoy being with because they're just so excited about God? They praise Him. Man, they don't take credit for the goodness in themselves. And they don't take credit for their abilities and talents. They don't take, they don't take credit for their possessions. They just... They just serve the Lord with what they have and who they are and they, they stir up others to praise Him too. Tell other people of His faithfulness. Have you, have you seen God's faithfulness in your life? If you hadn't, it's because you weren't looking. Because I can tell you, on the authority of His Word, He's faithful. And we get so busy, don't we? Am I the only one? <laughs> Oh my goodness, we get so busy. Can't tell if we're coming or going sometimes. Dropping the ball. Getting too busy to slow down and be in His Word. Too busy to remember His faithfulness. Too busy to recognize His faithfulness, don't we? If you're going to meditate on it, you're going to have to slow down first. Be intentional. Carve out some time to be with Him and to think about how good He is to you and tell other people about His faithfulness. And then just remember, there's people out there worshiping false gods. A big false god in, in our area is self. In our region of the world is money. The love of money. Position, power, prominence. You know what it finds? You know what it gets you? Emptiness, death, lifelessness. So we need to be diligent, guys, women, men and women, brothers and sisters, to expand His kingdom across the street and around the world so that more and more people praise Him for who He is and worship Him for who He is. So they don't become like those false gods, but they can worship His name forever.